Welcome to Shooting the Frisbees with your hosts, Jake and Randy, discussing all things freestyle frisbee and whatever else that comes up. Welcome to Shooting the Frisbees with Jake and Randy. Hey, Jake, how you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you, Randy? I'm doing great, too. And you know, I wanted to share with you, I had a recent experience that reminded me of a road trip I had a long time ago with Steve Hayes, a.k.a. The Beast. And what's interesting about this is that Steve Hayes doesn't go on road trips. Gosh, it must have been maybe 20 years ago. And we did a road trip over to Lake Chelan, Washington, which is on the other side of the state of Washington from where Seattle is. So it's just him and I, and we head over there. We're just going to go over for a couple days and we're going over and we realized we forgot the boom box and we're like, oh no. So we're already across the mountains and we're like, what are we going to do? Well, we come into town and there's a Walmart that is there. So we like, okay, so we go into the Walmart and we buy this inexpensive, cheap box and it uh, doesn't have AM, FM radio, nothing. It's just got cassette tape only. So you remember, this is like 20 plus years ago. And uh, so we get the boom box, but then we realize, well, we don't have any cassette tapes with us. <laughs> so we're like, okay, so we get into Chelan, which is where we were going. And there's a secondhand store that happens to be right close to where we're staying. And so we go in there and they have one cassette tape. We, we pick it up, we look at it and it is the soundtrack to the musical Hair. And so that was our music for the next two days, side A and side B. And what's incredible about this is that it was this magical experience. We just got in sync with this music. And for two days, we jammed to the musical hair. It was a fabulous experience. So uh, I had that memory sparked because I went to Chelan just recently with Bob Bulware and Mary Lowry. And Mary Lowry took us to this jam spot there. And it was the exact same jam spot that Beast and I had gone to 20 plus years ago. So it was just like, oh my God, I've been here before. And I jammed with the Beast and I drank a lot of Bud Light with him <laughs> many, many moons ago. Wow. That's a great story. Um, I'm also surprised that that didn't drive you crazy playing to the same music over and over again. So how did that turn into such a wonderful experience? Well, that's the magic that I was speaking of, is that we thought the same thing. We're like, oh my God, we're going to die listening to this over and over and over. But we didn't. We just kept finding layers and more layers in each song. And if you ever listen to that musical, it's pretty rich and all sorts of stuff going on. So, you know, there's Aquarius, which is the, the famous song that probably most people know from that. But there's all sorts of quirky, interesting musical lines that you can follow in that. Nice. That's awesome. Well, with that, let's jump into today's episode. We will continue our conversation with Gary Perlberg, where he talks about his partnership with Donnie Rhodes and Kate Dow. Let's listen. Your house kind of became like the Venice Green Freestyle House. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. For a while, it was at Frisbee Central. Some of the guys really immediately settled around Venice. Well, they didn't have much transportation. You know, I live 20 miles away from the beach, so you know, it was a commute to my house, but Donnie didn't mind. It was a really great to have him. He was, I could tell he had tremendous potential as a player. You could see that he had skills. He uh, wanted to play. 
but he also wanted to work and get some money together. So he got a job in my area. He was a, a fry cook at a, a, a diner near me. Yeah, I was Donnie's first partner, and he uh, he changed my life dramatically. Donnie was the first guy to make me realize that choreography was an important element. Uh, I was just a, a freestyler with no real, you know, uh, routine, no sense of a routine. And Donnie was the first guy to really, really uh, drive that point home. We had our moves written down, and we knew exactly what we were doing at every, you know, every given moment. So what was the first freestyle tournament you guys played in? Well, the first tournament was actually the Venice Frisbee tournament that we all put on. Donnie was in the uh, planning committees. And by the end of January, we produced the first Venice Frisbee tournament. Uh, included golf. Jan, Jan Sobel was in charge of golf. And we had other events. Um, but uh, the freestyle was the coolest part because it took place on the green. We invited as many uh, people as we knew, but it also had a decent crowd because we had signs up and uh, what was novel about that tournament was that uh, nobody actually won it we all won it if you were in the finals you got a first place trophy <laughs> and uh, awesome. it was no ranking it was just show up play you won that's how it and should I've be got that trophy still it's fantastic okay so you played your first tournament with donnie in venice in 1979 in january so where did it go from there okay so our next tournament was the Oak Grove Open. It was the first Oak Grove Open. It was popular popular with golfers, of course, but Mark Horn put together an amazing meet. It included golf, MTA, and freestyle. And I convinced Donnie that we had to go to it. He, he actually did play golf. It rained furiously that Saturday, and the Oak Grove, of course, became a, a mud hole with rivers and running. I mean, he actually told me he... He shot a putt, and the, he missed, and it went in a river, and it went 40 yards away oh down the torrent of water. He vowed he would never, ever play golf again. But anyway, there we were in the uh, finals of freestyle, and uh, we got third place. Still got my little trophy, but uh, that's where uh, Donnell Tate took that famous photo of us, and we appeared on the cover of Frisbee World in, uh, in the spring. Ah, so that was from uh, one of the Oak Grove tournaments. Now, that's really cool. That was so actually did, during the competition. And so did you continue to compete with Donnie um, throughout that year? And like, when when did you kind of see Donnie go and become Donnie? Well, uh, first, I must I must say this. So Donnie and I went to the tournament in, in uh, Tempe next to Phoenix. And that was the South uh, Southwest National Championship. And I won that. I won MTA, won TRC, and Donnie and I got, again, a third place in freestyle. And with a first and a third, I became the Southwest National Champion, and I have Donnie to thank for that. So we played the entire 79 season together. We actually went to Atlanta also, and there was a freestyle uh, part there. I flew to uh, Atlanta, and Donnie hitchhiked from L.A. to, to Atlanta. <laughs> And was there on time. We played in uh, that meet. I think we were fourth in freestyle. Uh, I remember uh, at the end of the tournament, uh, it was sort of near the end of the, the season. There wasn't much left as far as tournaments go. And I asked Donnie, well, what are you going to do now? And he told me that he was invited to New York and he was going to play with the Wizards. Uh, he had met Joey, of course, who was wound up at the green and uh, Felberbaum. And, um, you know, all those guys had said, come to New York. 
I, I, you know, I left for the airport. I remember seeing Donnie wherever it was. I saw him and I just bid him a farewell. And I told him, you're going to be in great hands. It's going to be good for you. And um, there, there he went off. You know, I flew back to L.A. And Donnie went up to New York. The next time I saw Donnie, the Rose Bowl, we had all gotten enough points to get in. And uh, he showed up, told me right away who he was playing with. I was really psyched. I thought, wow. You're probably going to win this, Donnie. He was like, "No," and I went, "Dude, you are," because you know it really hadn't been that long since I had just met him, and uh, he was, you know, he just wandered up to the green, and now he's at the Rose Bowl. It's an amazing meteoric rise for that guy. And then, of course, yeah. he won. If you notice at the end of the um, his routine, he runs over into the crowd and he hugs me first. Oh wow, yeah, that that's was, awesome! You can clearly see that. Wow. So you, you, you nurtured him and nourished him and, and housed him and uh, allowed him that opportunity to kind of do that meteoric rise. And I, I got to ask you this question, because I remember seeing Donnie before he became Donnie and he was good. You know, he had skills and stuff. But then the next time I saw him, I was just like, oh, my God, what what has just happened? Like, where did you go into some radical factory and just get, you know, put together as the perfect freestyler? So did you have that same experience? Yeah, I did. Donnie was always great with me. We we did quite well, actually. Um, and I, I felt we had the potential to win something. We never quite did. I knew that he could go a lot further without me. I, I'm sure I was holding him back. And when he, you know, he went, fell in with, you know, the royalty or freestyle that was living in New York at the time, I knew there was something, something was up. When I saw him perform at, at the Rose Bowl, when we were all either jamming or, or he was warming up with his, his group, I was like, whoa, what did happen to you? It was, it was amazing. It truly was. You know, Donnie and I actually were, um, my best freestyle finish was winning our semifinal pool in uh, Santa Barbara. And that was the the incredible year when we had the finals in in pitch darkness. Ah, the we, infamous car lights that were yeah. brought out onto the field, and John Jewell and Dave Marini playing in the car lights, right? So yeah, we we there was so many delays. It was a um, it was a logistical nightmare for them, I'm sure. But freestyle went went on way too late, and it was getting darker and darker and darker. Finally, they announced for all the cars that <laughs> to be pulled onto the field to form a circle and to turn on your headlights. By that time, it was pitch dark. must have been 9 o'clock. And uh, Donnie and I had been shivering in the cold <laughs> for hours. You know, we're going on second to last. We won our pool, so we're seated second to last. Who was last? Dave and, and JJ. We just were so disoriented. The lights were really hard on me. I couldn't focus. I couldn't. They, they were disorienting, certainly. And uh, the cold, Donnie was shivering, definitely. And uh, we did our routine. We did as good as we could. But, you know, we faltered. I'll admit that we we just we just didn't quite make it. So who comes on next is the winning team who killed it. It was just such an amazing. Uh, yeah, it was magical that, you know, we're both in the same set of circumstances. The last two groups, freezing cold, disorienting headlights. They win. We got fourth or fifth place. Yeah. But man, I'll never forget that. What's crazy is I was there. I was just like some whatever, 14, 15 year old kid at my very first big tournament. And like, oh, wow. I was blown away by all of what I was seeing. So there you were having your moment with Donnie. And uh, I got to see that. So that's kind of cool. Hey, so um, to this day, I'm still wanting to see video of our uh, semifinal win. 
not a single person seems to have had a video camera going for that. But I would pay good money to have the video footage of that win. That was our best. There it is. Maybe somebody out there who's listening to this will answer your call. So Randy mentioned early that you were Kate Dow's first partner as well. And I know that one of her first jam spots was the Venice Green. So can you talk about how you met her and how that whole partnership developed? Oh, sure. Sure. Um, again, a break in the action leaves leaves one to uh, ponder the scenery and, uh, you know, just take it all in. I'm, uh, I'm on a break from a jam. I first noticed Katie when she was walking across the green. She was uh, a young girl, but she had uh, she was radiant. She had a, a, a real regal presence about her. What she did was look at us, you know, not come over toward us. What she was doing was coming to skate. Uh, skating was um, tremendously popular in Venice back in the day. And we were right next to a, a skating area on because they had the pavement and we had the grass. And there was a lot of uh, disco dancing to uh, boombox music there. Katie went to the the edge of the um, the grass right next to where the skating was. Katie sat down and put her skates on and actually looked over and caught my eye and asked, can you please watch my stuff? Maybe more of us heard that, but there was a general, yes, we'll watch your stuff. She put her bag down. She just wanted to skate and be free. She had her, her other pairs of shoes. So, yeah, we consented to watch uh, Katie's stuff. Uh, she skated. And uh, after that, she eventually wandered over and asked, what are you guys doing? I think she found what we were doing more appealing what all the skaters were doing. <laughs> you know? So uh, I and several others explained that we were freestylers and we took this very seriously. We're part of a sport and we, uh, we feel this is going somewhere at some point. And uh, she said she'd like to try it. Um, she took her skates off, put her sneakers back on, and she joined us. And we became really great friends. Katie was uh, a wonderful, new, fresh presence to the green. Katie definitely was an athlete. We could see that she had uh, physical prowess and uh, capability. And uh, she actually learned freestyle really rather fast. Yeah. And she did mention that, you know, the Venice green players, it really felt like a family. So everybody was really embraced and encouraged. And and like you say, nurtured. You did with Donnie and now you're kind of mirroring that with with Kate as well. So you see the potential. She's starting to get really good. And now she's interested in competing and kind of going in that direction. Yeah, we encourage that, of course. Um, Katie was absolutely a novice, but learned our moves really, you know, very well. She learned delaying. Then she had an amazing flexibility. And uh, we saw early on that t Katie was going to be a, a freestyler. It was exciting to know that two players had come up that I had uh, seen very early on knew that they had the promise and look, look what happened. They both became world champions. I'm, I'm actually quite proud of that. Yeah. And, and hall of famers. So you have the hall of fame dust magic as well. Come to me, freestylers. I'll get you on the map. So here you are with this new player um, and you're kind of bringing her through the ranks. So do you have any stories about that adventure? Oh yes. Oh Yes. At the time, you know, I was affiliated with Whammo, and uh, I was maybe what you call one of their contract players. 
I often got calls from uh, uh, Stork or just a phone call from a client who had asked Wemo, hey, I need a demo. Can you send some players over? Who do you got? And uh, I did a, a, a wide uh, array uh, of uh, demos for mostly um, schools, uh, boys clubs, youth groups, that sort of thing. So when one call came from an activities director at a hospital, uh, I thought that was an appropriate place to uh, take Katie. Katie had um, had grown as a player. She actually had moves. She was more than a novice. She was a, she was a decent player at that point. And uh, I asked Katie, did you want to do your, her first professional demonstration? We were actually going to get paid. This person had told me that uh, he was the activities director of a hospital. And uh, there were all sorts of patients that would love to see. <laughs> oh, my God. Would love to see uh, a wonderfully, uh, you know, interesting, active uh, pair of athletes come to their their uh, facility. Uh, he had mentioned that they even had their own disc golf course at the hospital, so it was exciting to see think that they wanted to see freestyle. They had a little golf knowledge, and Katie and I were going to go and and take care of it. Katie asked me, uh, "Could I bring my friend?" And I said, sure. What, what's going on? She says, yeah, I've got a friend visiting and uh, I'd love to bring her with us. I took two 15-year-old girls on this gig. We had to drive quite a ways. It was up the 15 freeway, you know, quarter of a way to Las Vegas. And there we find Patton State Hospital. We park in the parking lot and uh, get all our gear together and make our way towards the entrance. And right away, we see that there are heavily armed guards uh, guarding a very highly um, uh, stylized uh, entry with uh, lots of wire and fencing. It was a staggered entry. You had to go through checkpoints, basically. Well, we got into the men's prison. So we're, we're shown into the, the facility. I meet the, um, the uh, guy who initially had called us, and I find out that he's actually an inmate in this prison the, the guy who and called you was an inmate the guy who called me the is director an inmate. he's the director <laughs> of uh, activities for the rest of the inmates at the the state correctional facility the guy nice. said don't worry we, we got you <laughs> <laughs> and i you know i march him into the middle of the prison where there's a little green area and it's surrounded by the housing for the you know where the cells are and these guys are, they're really uh, loving what we're doing. Katie and I did a great freestyle demo. And then we actually played golf with uh, 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 the, uh, the guy who had called me and another couple of guys. And we went around to the various holes, which were basically trees or trash cans or posts within this, the inner circle of the, of the uh, living quarters of these, these people. Katie was just blown away. Katie. Oh, I bad. <laughs> I'm sure she's probably scared, too. Yeah. Well, I mean, there were guys with shotguns, you know, standing there guarding us. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Thanks, Gary, for my first demo. <laughs> the little friend, the girlfriend was, I mean, she was in, just incredulous. She couldn't believe it. But uh, they they really were troopers. I mean, you know, Katie's a strong woman and uh, she grew up to be a strong woman and she was a strong young lady. So was her friend. They they did they did a great job. Wow, your first demo, Lord. 
That's crazy. But yeah, shortly thereafter, of course, uh, Katie and I wound up at Sonoma State, and that was her first competitive experience there. And uh, there's a beautiful photo of us uh, taken together doing a co-op. And I, I treasure the, those moments and those memories really, really, very, very much. Wow. I would love yeah. to hear more about that experience. You want to tell us uh, how it came about? Well, Sonoma State was, you know, an, an amazing college, and they had the Indian Summer Tournament. And I had gone several years before that, and this was the, the latest year. I think it was 1980. It was either 79 or 80. It was before, obviously, Katie uh one uh katie won i believe in 1980 is that right i'm not quite sure we were all going to go up to uh, sonoma for the indian summer tournament and we uh katie had to get permission from her mom and dad she's still 15 16 years old and uh, that's where we we played and um it was a beautiful tur- um, tournament we had a, an excellent routine we did a, a beautiful co-op i have a great photo of it and uh i think katie really enjoyed the experience and uh, of course, she went on to become the women's world champion. Yeah. And so did you take that knowledge that you had learned from Donnie about building routines and kind of channel that towards that partnership with Kate as well? Well, we definitely had co-ops and that was an important part of what we did. And there was a famous photo of us. Well, at least it's famous in my eyes, but it's a beautiful shot. The photo shows Katie's arm completely straight, her leg completely straight. It was a really great photo of Katie and I in a, in a co-op move taken that I have, that I treasure. Beautiful. Wow. Well, what a crazy first demo for Kate. Um, Kate's first tournament was at Sonoma State. Sonoma State was uh, my home tournament because I learned to jam in Santa Rosa, which was the town right next door to Rohnert Park where that tournament happened. So my very second tournament was at Sonoma State playing with Matt Gothier and Art Vijay. Coming in last place, by the way. And then my first win with Matt was at Sonoma State in 1998. And uh, I have a really fond memory of that just because it's my first win, but also um, just because of the whole thing built up. So um, we were playing with the Skippy system. And so we had these bonus points that you had to do certain moves and you would get the bonus points towards your score. And uh, we were seated, I think we were seated second, but I know that Tommy and Booty were seated first and they played early and they played really well. So Matt and I are out there, we're doing our moves, and um, we're hitting all the bonus points, except for a guidus. For some reason, it's just in our head, we can't hit the guidus. You can actually hear, there's a, there's a recording of this somewhere on a VHS tape, where one of our mentors, Jimmy Zuer, is running the camera, and you can hear him every time we miss a guidus, he goes, oh, oh, come on, guys, oh, <laughs> it's so funny, it's like watching it back, <laughs> but uh Anyhow, we I've got this one move at the time that I don't do anymore, but I'm working on this one move where I set it under my right leg and then I just do a quick spin and catch a catch a standing planted guidus. The guidus leg is up in the air and I'm planted on my other leg. I don't know why, but I thought now's the time to go for this move that's not really in my wheelhouse, but I'm going to try it anyways and set it up, spin around and boom, caught it. And like the crowd erupts and you know we're super happy we finally got that catch and we thought we played pretty well and so anyhow tommy computes the scores and it turns out that that was the difference between us not winning and winning and we got our first win so it's a really fond memory wow that's really interesting so i'm not familiar with the skippy system but it sounded like you needed to get that guidance to get those final points to give you guys your first victory and that was your first victory ever that was our first victory ever yeah You know, Sonoma State was a really fun tournament. I kind of wish it was still going on. On that note, Jake, I will talk to you next time. Talk to you next time. 
Thanks for listening to Shooting the Frisbees with Jake and Randy. To contact us or for more info, check us out at frisbeeguru.com. Home to Haynesville, Shooting the Frisbees, and live streaming freestyle frisbee.